If you have your Bible today, I'd ask you to turn with me to 1 Kings chapter 19, beginning in verse 1. I want to talk with you today about beating the blues during the holidays. That's the title of my message, and I know that you'll understand that as we get into it. Let's look together at God's word. And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done, also how he had executed all the prophets with a sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah, saying, So let the gods do to me, and more also, if I do not take your life uh, by one of them by tomorrow about this time. And when he saw that, he arose and ran for his life, and went to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree. And he prayed that he might die and said, It is enough now, Lord, take my life, for I am no better than my ancestors. Well, I hope that each one of you today is planning for a very, very merry Christmas. Uh, that's what we want to have. That's what all of us uh, want to be a part of. I hope you have a great new year. Uh, these are days that we look forward to, that we enjoy, that God blesses, that draw us together with family and friends. But you know there are some folks, for various reasons, that this is the most difficult time of the year. Uh, somehow or another, uh, they get depressed. And there are more, the policemen tell us, there are more uh, murders and more family brawls during the holiday than any other time of the year. I know that sounds unbelievable, but uh, it seems like it's that way uh, every year. Well, I want to give you the formula today for beating the blues uh, come this holiday. Depression is one of the great problems in our world. Everybody gets depressed every now and then, but some people, it seems like, they stay depressed all the time and especially bad during the holidays. Even great saints get depressed. We read in our text today about Elijah when he was very depressed. You don't get much more depressed than that. Elijah was a tremendous spokesman for God. For three years, he had kind of been the mouthpiece for God Almighty, telling the people of Israel what to do and, and how to worship the Lord. All kinds of miracles had taken place through his ministry, and it seemed like that there was a strong spiritual revival uh, breaking out across the land. Well, but there was one person that didn't love him. It was Jezebel. She hated him uh, with all the force that she had. She was the queen of Israel. She was a very, very wicked woman, partly because he had so much influence uh, with the people of Israel. After one particularly great miracle performed by Elijah, Jezebel's husband, King Ahab, came back and told Jezebel everything that he had said, and everything that he had done. Well, this made her so angry that she got a message together and sent it 
to Elijah. It said, if I don't kill you within 24 hours, I'll be ready to kill myself. That was the message. Now here's Elijah who had been fearless for three years. I mean, he had been a warrior for God. He had been right at the forefront of all the good things that were happening in the land. And now when he gets this uh, threat from the queen, he becomes frightened and he runs out in the desert. I mean way out in the desert. And he gets depressed in verses 3 through 5. He comes to a broom tree. He sits down under it. He prays that he might die. He says, I've had enough, Lord. I have had enough, all I can take. Take my life, for I am no better than my ancestors. Elijah was a prime candidate for depression. He was physically tired. He was emotionally exhausted. Somebody had threatened his life. He was afraid. He was an emotional basket case. He had guilt. He had anger. He had loneliness. He had the same problems that we do every once in a while, except he had them all at one time. And in this case, he had to deal with the depression that came upon him. Why do we get ourselves in such emotional messes, particularly during the holidays? Because of faulty thinking. The fact is that our emotions are caused by our thoughts. If you think in a negative way, then you're going to begin to feel depressed and discouraged. Your emotions are caused by how you interpret life. If you want to get rid of the negative emotions you have, then you've got to change the way that you think. The Bible says that you can be transformed by the renewing of your mind in Romans 12, 2. You can renew your mind with the Lord. Why did Elijah get depressed? Because he played four mental games that all of us play when we get depressed. The first one is found in verse 3. Elijah was afraid, the scripture says, and he ran for his life. Lord, I've had enough. I'm fed up. I don't want to put up with this anymore. I'm just wasting my life. I'm trying to be your servant, he said, but nobody's doing what's right. I'm fed up. It's no use trying. I give up. I give up. Have you ever been there? Have you ever said that? Well, what was his first mistake? The same mistake that we make When we get depressed, we focus on our feelings rather than on the facts. Elijah felt like a failure because of one incident that scared him. So because he felt like a failure, he assumed that he was a failure. It's the idea, I feel it, so it must be true. Musicians, athletes, TV stars just to name a few, when they go out and they give a bad performance, they think, well, I am just terrible. I don't have any talent. I don't have any gifts. I just did a terrible job. And you know what they have to do? They have to learn to ignore those feelings, 
Because feelings aren't always true. Feelings are not facts, and they are highly unreliable. Feelings often lie. When we focus on our feelings rather than on the facts, we're going to get into trouble in our lives. For instance, after we've made a mistake in one area, we begin to think, well, I'm just a failure in life. My whole life is a failure just because one thing went wrong. Everybody is entitled to make some mistakes. We're just human. We're going to make some mistakes along the way. We can fail in one area without being a failure as a person. The second mistake Elijah made is shown in the second thing that he said. He said, I've had enough, Lord. Take my life because I'm no better than my ancestors. A second mistake that causes depression is when we start comparing ourselves to somebody else. Most of us have fallen into that trap of thinking, you know, if I could be as good as Sally or Sue or John or Jim, then I would be happy. I would be really happy if I could be as good as they are. When you start comparing yourself with other people, you are asking for major troubles. The Bible says it's unwise and it's harmful in 2 Corinthians 10-12. Don't compare yourself with somebody else because everybody is unique. Everybody is different. There's only one person that can be you, and guess who that is? You. You're the only one. If you're trying to imitate that other person and act like them, you are headed right straight for depression. When we start comparing ourselves with other people, we fall into a trap. We tend to compare our weaknesses with their strengths, forgetting that those people have areas where they're weak and other areas where they're strong, and sometimes we put their strength against our weaknesses. We also try to motivate ourselves through criticism in condemnation. That doesn't work. When you get real rough on yourself and say, you know, I should be just like that other person, as if whipping yourselves verbally is going to motivate you. It isn't. It is not going to help. Nagging doesn't help when you get after somebody else. And self-criticism doesn't work when you get after yourself. Another trap we fall into is when we get depressed, is when we label ourselves. Instead of saying, I make, I just made a mistake. Instead of saying that, we say, I am a total failure. Everything is bad. Everything is wrong. Instead of saying, I accidentally tripped, we say, you know, I am just an overall klutz. I can't do anything. I'm a klutz. The third mistake Elijah made was that he blamed himself for negative events that weren't his fault. Elijah said, I've been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant. They have broken down your altars and put your prophets to death by the sword. Verse 10. In his depression, Elijah blamed himself for failing to change the whole nation. 
Now, have any of us changed the whole nation? Probably not. You know, we, we, we can't uh, put these gigantic blame marks against our life if we don't do one particular good thing. Elijah took this very personally. He thought, you know, I should have uh, been able to change this whole country for God. Third mistake that causes depression is that we take false blame. When you do that, you always are moving toward depression. If you're in the habit of helping people, you sooner or later realize that people do not always respond the way you want them to, the way you talk to them about turning out, the way you encourage them to end up. That doesn't always work. Whether it's your children or your friends or your spouse or your neighbors or the people that you work with, people react in many different ways. You can't assume responsibility for their responses. God has given each of us a free will. When you assume responsibility for other people's decisions, you accept a burden that will depress you. You can sometimes influence people, but you cannot control them. The final decision is their decision, not your decision. The fourth mistake that Elijah made is that he exaggerated the negative. He said, I am the only one left. I'm the only one that's really standing for God. And now they're trying to kill me too. Elijah had a little pity party for himself. Everybody's against me, he said. But the fact was that everybody was not against him. There was one wicked lady that was really against him. No question about that, but everybody wasn't. If Elijah had just thought about it instead of listening to his feelings, he would have realized that Jezebel didn't really want to kill him because if the queen had him killed, the country would revolt. And there would be an outrage across the land, and it would get real bad for her. True, the queen sent a messenger with this threat. Tomorrow, I'm going to kill you. But Jezebel, uh, if she really intended to kill Elijah, she wouldn't have sent a messenger with that note. She would have sent a hit man uh, to do the job. Elijah didn't stop to evaluate the threat. He just ran away. When we're depressed, we always exaggerate the negative. Do you know people like that? Don't point now. Don't point. (laughs) Do you know people like that? I do. Everything looks bad. If it's not their idea, it's bad. You know people like that? I'm sure you do. In actuality, Elijah was not the only person that was still faithful to God. Seven thousand prophets were still worshiping the Lord God Almighty. They were still on bended knee before him. Seven thousand of them that hadn't succumbed to the pagan religions. Elijah exaggerated the problem and of course it made his depression worse. What was God's remedy for Elijah's depression? It was a remedy that 
that you can use for the depression that might be coming during this holiday season. First, take care of your physical needs. We read that Elijah laid down under a tree and fell asleep. An angel came and touched him and said, Elijah, get up and eat. And he looked around and there was a baked bread right beside him and a jug of water. And he got up and he ate the bread, drank the water, and then he laid back down and he went to sleep. Some time passed and the angel came back. angel poked him, woke him up and said, take, eat, and drink. He got up and did that again. And then he laid down and got a lot of rest. He went back to sleep. And then guess what? He was strengthened by what had happened. God's initial remedy for Elijah's depression was rest and food and relaxation. That is what he needed. Sometimes a good night's sleep does wonders for our body and for our attitude. When you are physically tired and mentally drained, you're prone to depression. Notice how tenderly God dealt with Elijah. God didn't push him down or condemn him. All God did was give him some food, something to drink, and some rest. God got him restored physically. The second remedy for your depression is to give your frustrations to God. Elijah went to a cave. He spent the night there. In the morning, the Lord asked him, What are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, Well, I've been zealous for you, O mighty Lord. Israel has rejected your covenant, broken down your altars, put all your prophets to death with a sword, and I'm the only one left, and they're trying to kill me too. He just poured out his inner feelings. He was venting. He was really letting it all out. He was uh, letting off steam. God was not shocked by what Elijah said. Elijah vent his most pent-up emotions without criticizing or condemning him. God was sitting and listening. He was relating to him in a positive way. Often it helps if you share your feelings with another Christian person. You can go to them and say, you know, I'm having some trouble lately. I'm having a hard time. And this is what's going on in my life. And you tell them. And then you say, have you ever been through something like that? Could you help me with how you responded to that? It helps. It's a catharsis. It's a cleansing out. It's a venting of all the things that we have pushed down inside of us. You know, something happens and we don't deal with it. We just push it down on the inside of us. It's great to let all of that out. It sort of cleanses our soul in a way. The third remedy for your depression is to get a fresh awareness of God's presence in your life. The Lord told Elijah, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord. For I'm about to pass by this way. In verse 11, 
Then a powerful wind came. The scripture says the wind was so hard that it literally tore some places out of the mountains. It literally shattered some of the rocks that had been sitting there forever. It was a ferocious storm. Powerful wind. Well, the Lord wasn't in the wind. After the wind came an earthquake. And the Lord wasn't in the earthquake either, even though the land was shaking from under his feet and Elijah was wondering what in the world was going on. The Lord wasn't in that. And then a fire came. But the Lord wasn't in the fire either. After the fire came, there was a gentle whisper. A gentle whisper. And when Elijah heard this, He put his cloak over his face because he knew it was the Lord. And he went out and he stood at the mouth of the cave. God put on a real show with the wind and the earthquake and the fire. But he wasn't speaking to Elijah in those ways. What really got Elijah's attention was the still, small voice, the gentle whisper that the Lord gave to his servant. Even today, God usually speaks to us in stillness and quietness, not out of some big dramatic presentation of fire or power. God reminded Elijah that he was still right there beside him. And he's beside you. And during this holiday season, he's going to be beside you. You, no matter what happens, no matter what goes on, he's going to be right there. If you're depressed, take your Bible, get alone with God somewhere, and let God love you and speak to you through his word. That's the way he wants to speak to you, is through the reading, the study of his word. And you can feel his presence. There's no greater antidepressant than communication and fellowship with God. The fourth remedy for overcoming depression is to let God give you a new direction for your life. God gave Elijah a new assignment. He gave him a new work to do. The quickest way to defeat depression is to quit sitting around and being in self-pity. you got to get your eyes off yourself and start looking at the needs of some other folks. Get involved in their lives in a ministry. And when you're giving out, God is giving out through you. When we're depressed, we tend to think, how could God ever use me in any way? How could he use me? I'm such a failure. I have made so many mistakes. I disappoint myself, so I know that I disappoint God. The fact is, God knows everything about you. He knows your strengths. He knows your weaknesses. He knows that you're human. And that's a very important thing. Let God give you a new purpose, a new direction. In your life. He's not through with you yet. You remember Colonel Sanders? 
How old was he? Wasn't he, wasn't he about 75 when he started the business? And he went for years and years and, and built a zillion-dollar empire. He didn't quit. He just needed something new to do. He was doing the wrong thing before that. If you let him, God will pick you up, and you'll be able to start over. Jesus wants to lift you out of your depression. He can heal you of whatever the depression might have brought. You don't have to go through life being manipulated by your emotions. How do you start? Well, of course, it all begins with a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. You know, we always hope and pray that everyone that comes into these doors already knows the Lord. But perhaps every once in a while someone comes in and they've never made a public profession of their faith in Christ. And we always try and speak to that need because that's the greatest need that a man or a woman or a boy or a girl would ever have. This doesn't automatically cure all your depression, but without Christ in your life, you have no way to change. Let the Lord help you. Let him help you. He wants to help you. Let him do it. We're going to conclude this morning with a time of invitation where we invite men and women, boys and girls, to come and take a stand for Jesus Christ, to trust him as your Lord and as your Savior. We're going to give opportunity for those that have been visiting with us over a period of time to come and join his church and be a part of the family of God that meets in this place and serves through this place. I hope and pray that God will speak to your heart today if there's a decision for Christ that you need to make. I'm going to stand down here at the front. We're going to sing a hymn. And if the Lord leads you, you just slip out and slip forward and take a stand for Christ today. Let's stand together as we sing.